Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from HealthNetics. Do you have nagging aches and pains from your younger, more athletic days? HealthNetics CBD is a premium brand CBD that may help take care of aches and pains, as well as relieve anxiety and sleeplessness. HealthNetics products are all natural, THC-free, made in the USA, and undergo third-party lab testing to ensure quality and purity. All CBD is not the same. Order today with a money-back guarantee at HealthNetics.com and use promo code SPORTS for 20% off. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I'm Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and FanRag Sports, joined by Kyle Krabs, who's the founder and director of scouting at NDT Scouting, also with FanRag Sports. We are your co-hosts. We are back after the, uh, well, I guess the holiday that was the 4th of July. I hope everyone had a, a safe, fun, and enjoyable holiday that you have all of your fingers and uh, no random burn marks, and uh, you're feeling good today. I'm feeling good. Uh, I've avenged my Thanksgiving plate loss and uh, took home the W, a rather convincing W, uh, where I think that margin was over 30 points that I was able to uh, to put together a plate that the people, uh, not only that I thought was fantastic, but the people agreed with. And Kyle has informed me that we're fighting. I, I didn't know that we were, but... Evidently, we are. So, uh, Kyle, welcome to the show. The floor is yours. Yeah, it was 62 to 38. So before you get too excited, that's not 30 points. Um, it, there's one thing people listening to this show have to understand, and that I hate losing. Like, I, I had a girlfriend break up with me in college 
for playing uh, Madden because I refused to let her win. I put like 50 on this girl, and it was like the least enjoyable experience of her life. And uh, you know, the, the, the running joke on the internet, my wife left me, my girlfriend left me because I uh, refused to lose. So this is a hard pill to swallow, Joe. Um, it's not as bad as you said it is. And uh, I would like to know uh, what exchanges you may or may not have had with Putin and the Russians uh, with this election. Uh, I'm not sold that this was a clean victory. Fake news. I mean, this was a fair and square poll. You you generated it. I didn't even campaign this time. I didn't. Yeah, you know what? You know what? If I get one more person telling me that they wanted to make an Arnold Palmer, <laughs> um, I I'm gonna lose it. You know, we had we had at least five responses of why pick when you could just do an Arnold Palmer, and I don't care. Uh, throwing these people under the bus because it's very apparent that they don't listen to the show anyway because they would know we drafted beverages. So that grinds my gears. It's another another thing for the next grind my gears segment. <laughs> so, so Kyle, I, I think you know you've planted yourself on this hill that macaroni and cheese isn't good, and it's costing you big time. What's going on? I mean, what, what's up with you and macaroni and yeah, cheese? I don't pay it is the five year olds. Why is it a five-year-old's dish? I mean, this is <laughs> that's your response. Yes. I mean, all right. And then in coleslaw, just like I thought, coleslaw was no, another. You know what lost me the dish was giving you the first pick so you could pick pulled pork. Really? You think so? Yes, I absolutely do. I thought it was your hate for macaroni and cheese and coleslaw. I thought I no. Mean... The only person offended by my mac and cheese take was Riley, and he's fifteen. So. Um, Oof. I'm not not sweating the mac and cheese stance at all. I am I am more than double his age, and I am a connoisseur of the macaroni oh, and cheese. You're a child at heart. You're just a big baby. That's fine. That's fine. I'm good with that. And I'm, I'm being young. quite a baby myself here with this loss. But like <laughs> I said, I hate losing. It, it Kyle, ruined my Fourth of July. Is the is the fidget spinner going right now? Yes, furiously. <laughs> so we got a guy here that is uh, saying. Macaroni and cheese is for five years old, five year olds, but he's recording a podcast with his fidget spinner that he can't put down. So it's either that or I'm biting my nails. So you choose. Has has uh, has the home front become more accepting of the fidget spinner? No, no, no you're still no, taking it's, heat. It's still the worst thing that's ever happened. Really? Um, the it's dog, not affecting the, the dog likes it. Really, I thought the dog would not like the attention that they that she wasn't getting. No, she uh, she sticks her nose right up there to it. The cat tries to play with it too. Can uh, you sp- you should try to spin that thing on her nose. Uh, yeah, no, that doesn't work. She's uh, she's an ADHD dog. She's uh, <laughs> she she would not sit still. Uh, the only thing she would sit still for is food. But um, I've tried like balancing like biscuits on her nose and stuff like that. And it's just she's just like <laughs> she has fits, so I don't more think it, I don't think it would go more spazzy than Nacho, my dog. Uh, that's a pedestal. <laughs> I'm willing to lose that competition and say Nacho <laughs> is a little more spazzy than my dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I guess you know here we are. We're tied one and one, uh, despite what Brian Perez thinks. Yeah, uh, right. Come on, Brian. <laughs> Pretty sure Moreno's like undefeated in these. 
I love it. I love it. He that's that's how much he's on me and Brian. We are on the same page with food. We had to fight you off for the oysters year one in Alabama. Uh, he liked my Thanksgiving plate. He likes my cookout plate. Me and me and Perez are seeing eye to eye on the palate. I'm okay with that. I um, I just want to know what our next one's going to be. I had the uh, idea of, of yeah. breakfast cereals. Joe yeah. countered with breakfast plates. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of potential here. We could do sodas, Joe. Do you remember our soda conversation? Yeah, you're going to – Kyle, that's not even – that's not even a chance with your okay, with you and well, your, your I'm, yeah. I'm I may or may not draft cream soda where I think it rightfully should go. Okay. Well, I understand we, I now have to pander to people if I want to get votes, which is an unfortunate reality. Well, uh we we need to take some time here and reset the deck and I, I need some time to celebrate. Um, you know, we went we went a good eight, nine months in between these last uh, two food drafts, so the next time it's appropriate, we'll get well, it in. I think maybe mid season is a yeah, good, some, good window. Yeah, there'll be no football things to talk about. No, it's not at all. Um, <laughs> well, we can't really do a Thanksgiving draft again, right? I mean, we no, but we could we could do building big board like as a a joint effort, yeah, as like mini segments on certain days. Okay. So just uh, food for thought. <laughs> um, <laughs> just Fine. just be aware there is a there's a heel turn coming with this loss. I am. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm not happy, and I'm going to take it out on some people. Well, you've already, uh, you know, you went after Ledger pretty hard um, for for the criticisms that he had towards your plate, and um, you know, I, I feel like I feel like some people are already feeling, you know, the well, heat. There's, there's going to be some some Nature Boy Ric Flair low blows being handed out. So just you no, know, keep your head on a swivel. Can you can you for for me for my win? Can you give me a Nature Boy Ric Flair woo right here on the Draft Dudes podcast? Woo. Oh, what was that? <laughs> no, I, I cannot. Oh, man. Not You're right not... now. You sang God Bless the USA on Monday, and you can't give us a Nature Boy Ric Flair woo. I mean, do you want two claps and a Ric Flair? I do. There you nice. go. There you go. Nice. I felt good. I know I felt good. I'm sure you got your glass of skim milk there handy. And um, I'm actually drinking coffee right now. Coffee? Yeah. 9.08 p.m. 9.08. Everyone else in the world's watching fireworks in, in America, and we're recording this podcast. So uh, I'm good with that. But uh, all right. So let's talk about some football stuff. I know you have an ideas for some discussion here. And uh, why don't you set the deck for us, Kyle? Yeah. I mean, this is something that we've kind of teased before on the show. Um, talking about scouting context and something that I did over the weekend because I clearly have no life, uh, just watch tape is I was watching some of the university of Miami defensive line and their junior defensive tackle, uh, Kendrick Norton caught my eye and I posted a play of Norton against Florida state stacking the center resetting the line of scrimmage, getting lateral width, staying square to the line of scrimmage with separation and then Dalvin Cook makes a poor read at the line of scrimmage and cuts directly into his open arm. And there were a lot of people that questioned, why is this a good play? Dalvin Cook follows the fullback. He gets eight, nine yards. And you have to be able to compartmentalize in scouting, specifically, um, a play result as a good or bad play result versus uh, an individual's 
execution and technique and understand that that ratio is not one-to-one, right? So Kendrick Norton can do everything that he's supposed to do. And yes, Dalvin Cook misreads the line of scrimmage and cuts into a defensive lineman. But that does not diminish what was a physically dominating rep from a player. So I think that's something that a lot of more casual people um, who are casual fans of the sport will see that. They'll see praise handed out uh, in a situation like that. And they'll wonder, you know, why is this guy getting all this credit for this thing that happened where if the ball carrier, the quarterback, or the receiver does B instead of A or zigs instead of zags, you're getting a totally different play result. Because play result doesn't always equate specifically to the context that you're looking for when you watch players. Yeah, you know, the the play that comes to mind for me that I posted on Twitter uh, in the last six months uh, was an Obi Melifondu play against South Florida. And uh, I'll say this before I kind of get into the specifics of that. It, I, I'm sure you feel the same way. You know as soon as you put a, a, a clip on Twitter that that one person's going to come with the the comment to try to de-emphasize or, or mitigate the, what, the point you're trying to make with the, with the tweet. And uh, you just wait for them, and then they always come. Uh, so <laughs> that's always uh, kind of a buzzkill, but then you have to you take it as a teachable moment. But the play that I'm referring to for uh, Obi Melifon was against South Florida, where he was uh, lined up as a deep safety, and he broke on a football on a vertical plat- pass, and he, he broke and took a perfect angle to the football and, and intercepted the ball. And there is no denying that it was an underthrown pass. That's obvious but that doesn't take away from what Obi Melifonwu did well on that play first of all he he read the pass quickly he took a precise angle to the ball not where it should have been but to the ball um and he covered a a ridiculous amount of ground for a a safety that what was he like 64220 or something ridiculous like that uh and, and so when you want to talk get caught up on that that it was an underthrow and you don't want to you don't want to recognize the traits that Melifon we showed on that play, you know, you're really missing the mark. And and so especially with an underthrow, like Melifon we went to where the ball was thrown. I think it would have been pretty clear if it was five yards forward that Melifon was still gonna get to that ball. But uh, you know, yeah, I think it is important to to not just get caught up on on the details that they do matter, but it doesn't take away from anything that Melifon did on that specific rep. Right. I think passing plays in general, um, it's it's very easy um, to get the context lost of you know, something as black and white as ball placement. If you've got a crossing route and a guy's breaking into open space against man-to-man coverage and you put the throw on his back hip, instead of out in front of his lead shoulder, that receiver's going to have to stop and adjust the ball. You are exponentially increasing the odds that that pass gets broken up or that receiver gets caught instead of hitting him in stride. Things like that, it's still a completion. The receiver Mm -hmm. still may break a tackle and get a large chunk yardage gain. But if the receiver has to work more than he should, it's not a good ball placement. And a lot of people, um, I don't think they care 
I, I just really think they see completion and say, okay, hit the open guy. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, you leave a lot of yardage on the field that way. You uh, take away black and white receptions, you know, out patterns or, or comebacks breaking into the sideline. You know, if you're outside the numbers and you're pushing hard up the field and you've, you've got a defender stemmed directly over top of you, and then you break back into the sideline and work back to the line of scrimmage. If that ball's not almost put out of bounds, you know, you're risking that defensive back jumping and crossing the face when he drives downhill and either challenging that ball or intercepting that ball. Uh, the further out into the boundary you get, in my opinion, the more important the ball placement is, the only exception being if you miss high over the middle. Um if you've got receivers in the 10 to 15 yard area and you're making them consistently go up top and high and challenging their catch radius, that's a recipe for turnovers. So looking for things like that, even if they are completions, it's still something that alerts me and alarms me a little bit. Uh, one other point that I want to make here on this discussion is actually still about interceptions. Um, because I've done a lot of work on NFL safeties lately, uh, taking deep dives on HaHa Clinton Dix and Landon Collins on some of my recent work for FanRag Sports. And as part of that assignment, I really wanted to focus in and, and, and take a look at all of their interceptions. And so I went through and I watched all the interceptions that Landon Collins and HaHa Clinton Dix had over their career to this point. And I know everybody falls in love with uh, a, a, a defensive back that, you know, dr- drives off his back foot and breaks on a football and, and, you know, makes an interception or is challenged in a one-on-one situation and positions himself at the catch point, you know, to, to beat the receiver to the point and, and intercept the ball. But I'll be honest with you, when I watch all of those interceptions, and I don't have a statistic for you, but the majority, the overwhelming majority were tipped balls, overthrows, you know, a deflection. It wasn't where they made a break on a football and made this amazingly instinctive play you know so much of that is just being around the football and um and and so you know i think it's one thing to sit there and, and say well oh you know landon collins had five interceptions last year but four of them were on tipped passes well to landon collins credit he was around the football he was there and so i think it's important to also understand that like if a guy's continuously making interceptions and maybe it is because it's just a tip ball or, or an overthrow, he's there. He's in position to make plays. It doesn't just accidentally happen. When guys have these, you know, these gaudy statistics, they're, they happen for a reason. And, and so you have to make sure that you're giving credit. You know, you're not just overlooking, well, oh, you know, it really didn't count. He didn't really have the interception. Yeah, no, he did. He was there. He was in position. He made the play. So I think there's a little bit of a, of a both ways on this discussion as well. Yeah, I think uh, the phrase that comes to mind is football is a game of inches, right? Yeah. Uh, if if it's a tip pass, odds are it's a mistake. Somebody made a mistake, whether the quarterback just threw it just a little too high, a little too far out in front, or potentially uh, that receiver uh, missed his landmark based on something a defensive back might have done in coverage or, or physically bumped him off the top of his route stem and had him just a split second off of where he was supposed to be if it's a spot throw. Uh, those things matter. And so many plays, you know, it's, it, I think the feel like the lower the level you go, the more black and white the mistakes be, become, and the more apparent they are when you watch. Say, oh, you know, that, 
that quarterback overthrew that guy because he threw it right to the free safety sitting over the top. How frequently do you really get that at the NFL level? How frequently does a quarterback just miss so badly uh, that, that he overthrows his defend or his receiver by 10 yards and hits somebody uh, defensive back or safety right in the chest? Like every once in a while you get a receiver that runs the wrong route and a guy in zone coverage just kind of drops off and makes an uncontested catch. But so many of these errors at the NFL level, and even at a high level at the college level, uh, they're minute errors. And if you're looking and scouting and, and trying to identify where these problems might lie, you have to be picky. You have to be very deliberate with them. So I think that that's something that a lot of people take for granted, Joe. Yeah, and, and one other point that I wanted to make here was something uh, I want to talk a little bit about contextualizing statistics uh, because it's one thing to just look at a number and, and then, you know, assume, uh, you know, something based on it, like like looking at Saquon Barkley, the, the, the amazing running back from Penn State. I'll tell you something right now that, you know, if you don't understand the context, it sounds really bad. So I uh, want to thank our our film sponsor uh, crossover, who's a sponsor of the draft dudes podcast for their resources that they have for us. And so I was tinkering around and looking at some statistics about Saquon Barkley and on every rep, uh, uh, we have a 13 game sample, every single game that Penn state played in except for their uh, Rose bowl game, uh, which I believe is against USC. So 13 games, all of them uh, accounted for here. Uh, Saquon Barkley against uh, on all of his all of his plays, he averages 5.48 yards per play against all boxes. Well, in heavy box situations, when it's seven or more defenders in the box, his yards per play goes down to 3.12. That's a difference of 2.36 yards per play. Oh, well, uh, you know, clearly Saquon Barkley is just feasting off of light boxes and the spread offense at Penn State, and he's not really having to make – you know, multiple people miss, and you know when when they jam it up inside, he can't produce. Well, thanks to crossover, I was able to look at every single one of his carries against seven or more in the box, and I learned a lot of things. There was an overwhelming majority of those runs that were short yardage situations where he only gained a yard or two, and it got him a first down or got him a touchdown, but all he could gain was one yard or two yards. Uh, there was several plays where uh, it was an all-out blitz, and there's there's no Barry Sanders couldn't have gotten a yard. Uh, so you know it is important to take these these really good numbers. That's that's good information. I think it's really important. But at the same time, you can't just receive those numbers without understanding the context. And in the case of Saquon Barkley, it's not that he's any less talented against heavy box situations. It's that most of those situations he had a successful run that just didn't result in a lot of yards because it was a touchdown or a first down or a situation where it was impossible to get yards. So uh, I think it's important to also contextualize the the statistics that you use to complement, you know, the film work because the film work is always king in my opinion. That's right. I totally agree. And uh, the thought that, that came to my mind as I'm listening to you talk about this, Joe, is numbers can give you some really useful information. And that's why we try to quantify them with some degree and some weight with NDT scoutings. Uh, you know, each of us have our own different player valuation model, but we factor things like production in uh, for that reason because a lot of times it gives you trends, right? It's not a cut and dry 
solution, but a lot of times it gives you trends. But the difficult thing about numbers, specifically uh, if, if you're looking at a box score and taking a number off a box score, I know one of the popular ones right now is uh, net yards adjusted per attempt or whatever it is. It's, it's net yards per attempt, I think. Um, items like that, um, there are how many variables on a football field? There's 22 independent variables, each player uh, executing a singular responsibility. Uh, a, a unit might get anywhere at the college level from, from 60 to 100 plays per game, and you've got 12 to potentially 15 plays a game. There are a whole lot of independent variables that go into each and every one of those plays over the course of the life of a season. So yeah, you'll get some trend numbers that are valuable, things like yards per carry and you know, I like touchdown and interception ratios for passers as compared to just raw numbers. Um and the reason why is somebody like uh, Luke Falk comes to mind from Washington State. You know, this is somebody that got some love over the course of the past week. I think Daniel Jeremiah wrote a, an insight on him for NFL.com and likened him to Kirk Cousins. Well, I see much more of a, um, a, a Brian Hoyer than a Kirk Cousins as far as so much of Washington State is high uh, low risk and high completion percentage because a lot of his throws are crossing patterns across the middle of the field in the short areas of the field. Uh, so if you're getting 50 pass attempts a game and you're hitting shallow crossers on 15 to 20 of them, yeah, your completion percentage is going to be awesome. But uh, Luke Falk finished the year with almost 70% completion as a passer. But on passes greater than 20 yards down the field, he completed 28%. So you can look at Luke Falk as a passer and say, yeah, man, 70% completion percentage. This guy, you know, he makes consistent good decisions with the ball. And, you know, he, he doesn't turn the ball over a lot. He only threw a handful of interceptions. But then you watch these throws, and it's really eye-opening that he's missing vertical shots deep. Overhead, he, He's overshooting guys. He doesn't show a lot of bu- touch on his bucket throws. He's throwing ropes uh, into cover two up the sideline and getting his receiver's heads taken off. Like Completion percentage does not give you the full snapshot picture here with Luke Falk to say, this is a guy that really struggles um, with pushing the ball down the field. And and that's where you you just have to be careful because a system like that is really going to lend itself well, especially a guy that's now going to be a three-year starter. Um, his stats are going to look great. He's going to put up huge numbers. But a lot of it is guys making plays after the catch. A lot of it is safe throws, very elementary concepts that he's not going to have the luxury of hitting at the next level. And it really... Uh, muddles his projection to the NFL. Kyle, any closing thoughts here? Any any overarching theme that you want to communicate here before we uh, get into some of the other stuff we want to touch on today? Uh, I guess I would just end with uh, the same concept that I just touched on, which is numbers can give you trends, but you have to contextualize the trends, Joe, as you said, by watching the film. There is no substitute for watching the film, and you use all these numbers, all these great 
tidbits, the ones that I get the most excited about sharing are the ones that align with what I see on yeah. the field. Why would you not want to watch film? Like, is there something better to do? Like, uh, it's, 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 I feel like it's trying to cut corners. I don't know it's, why you'd it's want so much to. easier to download a database that has numbers and run a oh, statistical man. analysis and, and look for uh, exciting outputs on, you know, you filter by this and the, the top names are all, all pro quarterbacks. It's not like you're cleaning the kitchen or something, you know, there's no reason to cut corners, man. This <laughs> right. is fun stuff. Um, speaking of fun stuff, man, uh, how about what's going on? NDTscouting.com right now. Uh, I have a statistic. <laughs> about the first four days of July, there are 12 pieces of unique content on NDT scouting right now through the first four days of the month. Uh, so we are really ramping things up. It is getting close to the start of the college football season, and we are working our asses off to uh, get everyone familiar with the you know the prospects coming up and uh, and doing some a lot of work on the senior class and. Um, uh, I know some of my favorite stuff that I've seen on NDTScouting.com. Uh, number one, the piece that you know, Eric Turner, our latest hire from yeah. uh, Cover One, he's his piece on LSU's running back Darius Geis was incredible. If you want to learn more about power and jump cuts and angles uh, for running backs, that's a piece that you need to check out. I'm quite proud of my piece that I wrote on Dante Pettis, the Washington receiver. Uh, he's got big shoes to fill in Washington this year with John Ross gone. And so I talked about some of the traits that he has uh, that leads me to believe that he can become the focal point of that Washington offense. And, and tomorrow I've got a piece on Jerome Baker. I, I know I talked about Jerome Baker in May on the show, uh, but uh, I, I went through and I have, uh, I think, seven, six or seven different clips uh, from his film study that I did that talk about some of the explosive traits that he has. So make sure you check that out. There's a lot of great stuff. Uh, Kyle, what, what did you want to plug uh, on NDTscouting.com well, right now? First of all, let's, let's do a roll call here of all the stuff that's going up during the month of July. We have NDT Premium Profiles. Uh, some of these are free to the public. We're, get, we're burying nuggets for you guys. If you visit the site and, and, and search for them, you can find some free freebies. Um, Idaho quarterback Matt Linehan. Uh, Washington wide receiver Dante Pettis, Oregon running back Royce Freeman, Alabama defensive back Tony Brown. Uh, we have Arkansas State pass rusher Javon Rollin-Jones. Uh, John Ledyard did Georgia running back Sony Michelle. Uh, Joe Marino did Bradley Bozeman, the offensive lineman center from Alabama. Uh, John Ledyard on July 4th did Utah defensive tackle Lowell Lotulele. Uh, and I also did Luke Falk. That is since July 4th. First. Those are NDT premium profiles available on the website. So uh, a lot of content, <laughs> a lot of content to dig into. And that's just premium profiles. Joe, you mentioned you had uh, your Dante Pettis showcase. You've got uh, another showcase coming out tomorrow. Uh, I did a draft retrospect on my 2014 NFL draft report uh, on Derek Carr. Uh, I, it's just literally some uh, brief introduction it's the exact report I wrote before the draft in 2014. I had him rated as quarterback two, first round value, 12th overall player. And it's cool with some of these to read through and see, okay, what were his strengths and weaknesses? And then what do you get back on the back end? Now that he's been in the league three years, what do you see? Where has he taken steps forward and how have those steps forward helped him become the passer that he is today? And then the other piece that, that came out just the other day, 
Uh, Scott Bischoff uh, did his scouting notes on Saquon Barkley. So that's a bonus, too, because uh, right now John, Joe, and myself, we're so tied up in this senior class, really setting the baseline of the class. Uh, Some of the other national scouts that we have on staff, like Roger Dixon and Scott Bischoff and uh, Eric Turner, these guys are going to be showcasing some underclassmen with their, their notes from 2016 film uh, to really give us a fully fleshed out opportunity anytime you come back to the site to get ideas on uh, a lot of household names and a lot of names you may not know yet for the 2018 NFL draft class. Yeah, we're getting you ready. So football season will be here before you know it. And uh, if you want to know all the players that you need to be focusing on on Saturdays and guys that are going to be on your favorite NFL teams next year, you know, I, I, come come to NDTScouting.com and, and stay tuned with what we're doing. Absolutely. Nowhere else we would rather have you go than to let us be your one-stop shop. We like to look at ourselves as the 33rd front office. We are doing all the work. We are setting the baseline, uh, collecting the biographies now, getting to know some of these senior players um, on and off the field. Uh, so it's, it is a year-round process, and that's why we do it this way so that we can be as comprehensive as we possibly can. And we highly encourage you guys to tag along for the ride. If you want all the access to all of the stuff that we put on the site, we actually had a couple subscribers to NDT Scouting, uh, our premium services this past week, which was cool to see some folks that are getting excited about some of the uh, senior profiles we're putting together and subscribing to the site. It's $20, gets you access to all 155, Joe, 155 reports uh, that we're putting together. Over the course of the summer, you, me, and John Ledyard uh, on 99 senior prospects. Um, on top of that, uh, getting in now gets you access to all the draft reports we've ever written and also gets you access to 2018 draft reports already. It's a one-time payment, $20, gets you 365 days of access to the site. So it's a really great value. Highly recommend you guys do so. Uh, if you don't, first of all, shame on you, but you can also swing by NDTScouting.com. You can also subscribe to the Draft Dudes podcast, whether that's on iTunes, uh, Audio Boom, Podbean, whatever. Um, just please do me a favor. Give us a rating and tell us why you feel Joe involved the Russians with <laughs> this election for the uh, July 4th cookout plates. Uh, I am convinced that there's some foul play here. Joe cannot tell me otherwise. Oh, uh, so give me your conspiracy theories as to how Joe won the election. Um, really looking forward to hopefully getting uh, the the creative juices flowing, and maybe we can kind of uncover the truth here. I'm looking forward to us solving uh, the puzzle together. We're all in this maze together. How do we get the cheese? Just just 38% of the people and yourself, Kyle. So most of us are really on board with the results. I am Kyle Krabs, signing <laughs> off for the Draft Dudes podcast with Joe Marino. We will be back on Friday to uh, talk some more ball with you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, enjoy your hump day. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Shoot up.
Mission Impossible Fallout is 95% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. It's one of the best action movies ever made. Showtime. Rolling Stone calls it off the charts spectacular. What is he doing? I find it best not to look. A thrillingly clever story filled with twists and turns. Target Ethan Hunt. We should be dead. Why aren't we? With an ending that will blow you away. We interrupt. In. Tom Cruise. Mission Impossible Fallout. Now playing. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.